The Tennessee Titans must start Malik Willis coming out of the bye. I'll tell you why on today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland, Titans fans. Today's edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by the Game Time app. Create an account, use the code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We got a lot to discuss on today's show. The Tennessee Titans lost to the Baltimore Ravens 24 to 16 on Sunday in London. We got to see a look at Malik Willis and Malik needs to play coming out of the bye. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Andre Dillard and Christian Fulton getting benched when we do tighten up and tighten down. And when we talk about the tighten ups, we'll talk about how there just aren't enough of them. Before we get into that, though, I do want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content all year round on all apps, always free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed. It's your team every day. Here on the Locked on Titans podcast, looks like we might have some interesting Tennessee Titans football to talk about the rest of the season. We get to see these young quarterbacks. You want to make sure that you are locked in here to the Locked on Titans podcast. Uh, Throw a thumbs up on the video right now if you're watching as well. Show's always free. All I ask for in return is the press of a button. But with that being said, Malik Willis needs to play coming out of the bye. Now, what I will say before I begin, my, my thoughts on why, where the Titans are at, all of that. If you think that Will Levis should be playing over Malik Willis, and you think that it should be Levis that they're putting in, that's perfectly fine with me. Feel free to, every time I say play Malik Willis, if you are someone who wants to see Levis instead, just hear play Will Levis in your head. Because what I'm advocating for is a young quarterback. If the Titans want to pick Will Levis to play, then sure, put him out there. If they want to pick Malik Willis, which is what they've been picking all year, putting Malik Willis as the backup quarterback, then play Malik Willis. It's really that simple. Play one of the young quarterbacks. Now, I say play Malik Willis at the beginning because, in my opinion, that's who the Titans are going to play. Malik's been the backup all year. Everything that we've seen has told us that Malik is going to get the first crack at this thing. And based on the improvement that he made from last year and how he played, I think that Malik Willis deserves the first crack at it. What you do is you use the bye week. The Titans have a bye here. Use the bye week. Build in more plays for Malik Willis. Build in more ways to use his mobility. More ways to allow his mobility to open things up for other people. Build the game plan around Malik like you truly would, not like he's a backup for Ryan Tannehill. Build the plan around Malik and see how it looks. Let him play against the Falcons. Let him play against the Panthers. This is a great opportunity for the Titans. The schedule ended up being tougher. The schedule ended up being tougher than we thought it was going to be before the season. Some of these teams are better than expected. The Colts, the Texans, the Falcons, uh, the Buccaneers, for example, another team that's better. The Dolphins look like a juggernaut as well. The Seahawks are a really good team. I mean, the schedule is not easy going through the rest of the way, but... 
here out of the bye, there are a couple of games where the Titans could get a good look at what Malik Willis can really do. And the training wheels are off with Malik Willis. There is no more. He needs development, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's been calling for him and saying, even with the offensive line, and I agree, with the Titans' offensive line right now, a 35-year-old Ryan Tannehill cannot survive a whole season behind the Titans' offensive line. The only opportunity the Titans have with this offensive line to play decent football is to have a quarterback who's young, with mobility and athleticism, okay? Now, I'm a guy on a couch saying they need more athleticism than Ryan Tannehill, who is infinitely more athletic than I'll ever be, and I understand that. But we don't need to compare NFL quarterbacks' athleticism to me. You know what I mean? We need to compare it to each other. And Ryan Tannehill is simply on the low end of the spectrum of athletic quarterbacks in the NFL starting right now. So having a guy like Malik Willis and even Will Levis, who has more mobility and more pop and more juice to him right now than Tannehill does, Having those guys is only going to help you when it comes to having pressure from the offensive line all the time. So, not only does it maybe give you a better opportunity to deal with a bad offensive line, but it also gives you an opportunity to look at who might be your quarterback next season and whether either of these quarterbacks you have have a chance to be your quarterback. If Malik Willis plays three games and he looks terrible, then you have your answer on him. And you gave him a full year of development and you gave him a shot to come in and see what he could do. And he was doing things in this game. Holding the ball, not letting go of it. Leaving clean pockets on the play-action pass on his first drive when he had DeAndre Hopkins open on the right-hand side on the out route. Like, he's doing some of those things. But give him three full games. He knows he's the starter. The game plan is for him. And let's see what happens. The Titans organization lying to themselves that this team is still good enough to make a playoff run. And then what? What if the Titans do make a playoff run and get in because they're in the AFC South at 9-8? and eight? Then what? I mean, just face it. The Titans need to face it. And play Malik Willis. Play him a couple of games. If he looks bad, then go to Will Levis. See what you have. And like I said in my instant reaction, if both of those guys play poorly and the Titans lose a bunch of football games, then you're in position to draft the next guy. I mean, and even if you're not in position to draft the next quarterback, you can get an elite talent. Marvin Harrison Jr., Joe Alt, Olaf Ashanu, all the I mean, they're this is going to be a good draft where last year was kind of a down draft, the kind of draft where you take a guard at number 11. This year is expected to be a good draft at the top. And, and I just don't see a lot of downside to the Titans going with their young quarterbacks right now, other than they're not going to make the playoffs. But even with a healthy Ryan Tannehill, they may not be a playoff team anyways because they're not good enough. And if they were in any other division, maybe, they wouldn't even be close to be considered a playoff team. So let's not lie to ourselves. Play the young quarterbacks. Let's see what we have, and let's go forward and, and talk about the future here because it's just time to accept reality for the Titans and this loss and how outclassed they got by a better Baltimore Ravens team made it even more obvious. So we're going to move forward. It's time to talk about tighten up, tighten down. We're going to start with tighten downs because we saw Andre Dillard and Christian Fulton get benched in this game, which were two things that we've talked about quite a bit here. On the show. So before we get into all of that, I do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the absolute best place 
to buy tickets, especially if you're spontaneous and you're getting last-minute tickets. I mean, game time is the place to be. I've purchased multiple sets of tickets off game time, gone to a few Reds games, uh, got some Lakers tickets for later this season, may go to a Titans game. I don't know. Depends on how things go. I'm not going to watch Ryan Tannehill again. I know that. But either way, when I decide to go to games, I'm doing it on game time. And it's not just sports. They have music, comedy, theater events, all with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices. You get a real view from your seat so you know like what you're going to be looking at during the game. They have a best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Right now, download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the code LOCKEDONNFL. You're going to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem that code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. I've told you before. I'll tell you again. Download the Game Time app. It's last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Also, want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Look, Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy, guys. Instead of going up against a bunch of sharps, a bunch of pros, uh, a bot with a thousand lineups in one competition, you could just go up against the Prize Pick projections. So here's what happens: you go on Prize Picks, and they have projections for each player. Derrick Henry, 80 rushing yards. Lamar Jackson, two passing touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill, one interception, et cetera, et cetera. You pick two to six players and just say whether that player is going to do more or less than what Prize Picks has projected for him. If you win, you can get up to 25 times your money. Prize Picks is really fun. I mean, it takes less than 60 seconds or, or 60 seconds or less, basically, to fill out an entry. It is truly daily fantasy sports made easy. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use that code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. It's prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Titans fans, let's continue today's Reaction Monday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Uh, I mean, the Titans lose 24-16. to The score was closer than the game actually was. We talked about Malik Willis, him coming in, in that game. I thought he tried his best, but it still, you know, wasn't great. But it was a short performance. We're not going to, you know, judge Malik entirely off of that. Want to see more of him. Obviously, see more of the young quarterbacks, but we're going to move forward here, get into tighten up, tighten down. Let me know down below who are your guys' tighten ups, the Titans who played well, your guys' tighten downs, the Titans who didn't play well. We're going to start with the tighten tighten downs because it is a loss at the end of the day. Before we get into it, though, do want to thank you guys again for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen each and every day. Tomorrow is going to be Tic Tac Tuesday, maybe even Talking Point Tuesday. We're going to dive into the tape, dive into what the big conversations are with this team going into bye week. Uh, Wednesday is what's next Wednesday. That's really going to be a look ahead to the rest of the season. I'm going to look at the rest of the schedule, kind of talk about where I think the Titans will go from here. We've got a lot coming up for you here on the Locked on Titans podcast, so make sure that you get subscribed, stay subscribed, throw a thumbs up on the video, yada, yada, yada. Thank you very much. But starting with the Titan downs, number one, Mike Vrabel. Because Mike Vrabel 
allowed this team to go over late in the week after they lost. Last time they went to London going late in the week. The Ravens lost in 2017, and John Harbaugh decided it would be a better idea to go early. Three, Sean McDermott, Buffalo Bills coach, said last week that he regretted basically going over late in the week and that he would reconsider it going forward if they have to go back. So, I mean, how much evidence do you want? How many data points do you want? How many examples do you want? The Titans should not have gone over so late. I talked about it in my reaction, but to practice NFL football on Thursday, get on a plane, hey, sleep on a plane, sleep on, sleep on a transportation vehicle. Do that. How does that go? Sleeping on a car, sleeping in a car, sleeping on a bus, sleeping on a, well, sleeping on a train may be a little different. I love the sound of trains. It really puts me to sleep. I digress. Sleeping on a plane. It's not easy for a lot of people. And you don't get restful, good sleep, like the restful, good sleep you might need before you play an NFL football game overseas. And then you get off the plane. And you go straight to football practice again and a bunch of media stuff because you're in a different country and you got it. The Titans were losing 18 to three at halftime. Who was the more prepared team? Who came out ready to play? The Titans didn't really turn it on until the third quarter. They scored 10 points. They simply were not ready to play. That's on Mike Vrabel. And that's a Titan down for Mike Vrabel. It's as simple as that. Uh, also, Titan down for Andre Dillard. Dillard finally benched in this game. Nicholas Petit-Ferrer came in for him. With offensive line play and, and defensive line play in the run game, at least, I try not to have too strong of opinions right now because I haven't got to see the film. And until I see the film, things like the separation from the wide receivers, which, honestly, I could tell on the game film from that one, but, like, how the run blocking was, who was giving up the most pressures, was it a stunt, was it a twist, miscommunication, slide the protection the wrong way. There's so many factors in the offensive line play that I don't like to give too strong of opinions early on, but Andre Dillard got benched, and I thought Nicholas Petit-Ferrer came in and didn't do a much better job. I'll check on that with the film, and obviously we'll talk about that um, on Tuesday or Wednesday. But uh, shout out to my everydayers. Uh, be on the lookout for that. But outside of Dillard, uh, Fulton struggled again. I don't know if it was just an injury thing, but Trey Avery came in for a little while in relief of Fulton. I thought I saw Fulton back out there, though, later in the game. So we'll keep an eye on that, whether that was just an injury or Fulton got benched for performance reasons. Uh, we'll check out that. Maybe Mike Vrabel talked about that in his press conference already. Haven't got to, you know, obviously dive into everything like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we see two benchings that everybody was waiting for. I didn't think it made a huge impact on offense. We'll have to check, but a Titan down, obviously, for Andre Dillard. A Titan down for Aaron Brewer, again. I thought he was bad in the game. Got to go check, but at least in pass protection, thought there was a lot of pressure up the gut, a lot of pressure up the middle, a lot of push. Aaron Brewer just simply isn't a starter in the NFL. I don't know what else to say. He's a really good backup. He's a good depth guy, but he's just not a guy who should be your starter. He's too small. Um, it, I, I'm okay with giving him a chance at center. I'm okay with the plan letting him get a shot at it. But I think the Titans need to address that over the offseason, really try to get a bigger, more, um, a, a bigger, stronger interior offensive line, especially if they're going to be going to gap runs more often. They don't need that athleticism quite as much uh, with down blocks and washes and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, tighten down there. I didn't think the right side of the offensive line was very good either. Chris Hubbard and uh, Daniel Brunch. Brunskill. I thought they gave up a lot of pressure. I mean, the Titans gave up six sacks in the game. Not all of them were on the offensive line. Malik Willis held the ball and blah, blah, blah. But um, 
Still not a good performance from the Titans offensive line against a very good defense and a very good front with the Ravens. Also, Kyle Phillips. You know, I, I guess I'm considered a Kyle Phillips hater to a point if you ask the right person online or whatever. But at the end of the day, I just recognize he was a fifth-round rookie who's really small, brittle, needs to be a punt returner and add special teams value to have enough value on this team as he's only a one-down player. He hasn't made an impact as a wide receiver whatsoever coming back from injury. He once again muffed a punt. Um, they can't have him punt return anymore. What value does... Kyle Phillips serve on this team. Like, he's a one-down player. So, I don't know. Tighten down for Kyle Phillips. He's just not the player that a lot of you guys thought he was coming into the season. Um, NWI dropped a pass in the end zone. Look, NWI's had a pretty good season for what his role is expected to be, but we see why NWI can't be in an elevated role as a wide receiver, too. Uh, he can't get separation consistently. Dropped a pass in the end zone that hit his hands. It was a dime by Ryan Tannehill, quite honestly. He just doesn't have playmaking ability for a big guy. He's not great at the catch point, at going up and making combat catches. He's slow-footed, doesn't run routes very well. So if they use him as a pseudo-tight end, as like a third wide receiver that's a second tight end, really, he can have a good role and have good performances and do well. But when he's asked to be more than that is, is when things really fall off. You know what I mean? So... We see that tighten down for NWI. And then Kevin Byard, uh, just, um, I don't know, man. He looks slow. And he missed a couple of tackles and was out of position on a few things. He wasn't terrible. He manned Mark Andrews for a lot of the day. I bet his coverage grade is all right. But just not a playmaker right now. And with how much he's getting paid, you know, you need him to to make more plays and just be better overall, more impactful. So with that being said, we are going to get into the tighten ups. Because there were some tight nuts. There were some good performances from the Titans. I want to talk about those. And we're going to dive into that in just a second before we do, though. Do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you got to do is create a free job post at LinkedIn Jobs, then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They give you simple tools like screening questions that make it really easy to focus on the right candidates with the right skills. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Titans fans, let's cap off today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. We talked about why it's time to play a young quarterback. We talked about Dillard and Fulton being benched and Mike Rabel making a big travel mistake. Now I want to talk about some of the Titans that 
played pretty good. The problem is there just aren't enough of them. Before I get into it, thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday. Tennessee Titans content all year round, always for free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast. But Derrick Henry had a pretty good game. See, here's the thing with Derrick Henry, and it's it, and it's something that I will continue to stress. When you block a play well, when the play is blocked well, Derrick Henry can bust off a big one. All right? 12 carries, 97 yards, had the touchdown. I mean, 63 yards. If you look at it, it's uh, 11 carries for 34 yards. And then he had the 163 yard. So, it wasn't brilliant. It wasn't incredible. But he had the 15-yard touchdown run. He had the 63-yard big run to get the Titans in position for another field goal. Awesome. Great. Appreciate that. Um, but Derrick Henry played well in the game. And if you give Derrick Henry a lane and the Titans started running those perimeter runs and those pitches because the Ravens were diving inside, uh, you get Derrick Henry out in space. You give him a, a well-blocked play. And he could still make something happen. The problem is the Titans don't block a play well enough to get Derrick Henry going often enough. You need a, a back with a little more twitch, a little more quickness. It's the same conversation as we're having with Ryan Tannehill. If you have a clean pocket and you have wide receivers who get open, Ryan Tannehill is the better quarterback than Malik Willis or Will Levis, for sure. But when you have a bad offensive line that constantly gives pressure, wide receivers that don't get open often, the guy with mobility and more quickness might be a better answer. To me, it's the same conversation at running back with Tajay Spears. The Titans just didn't block anything well today, and they blocked two plays well, and Derrick Henry was able to make something happen. So you get your, your Titan up for Derrick Henry for sure. Um, when there was an opportunity to make a play, he made a play. I'm giving a Titan up to Tajay Spears as well. Four carries for 15 yards. No, didn't look awesome, but had the one catch for 48 yards. It's just so obvious that Tajay Spears is a huge playmaker, and for him to only get five chances to touch the football, what are we doing? What are we doing? He's got so much burst, so much juice. How did Tajay Spears only get the ball five times in a game where the offense couldn't get going? I don't know. Um, also, tighten up for Imani Hooker. I thought Hooker was all over the field. I thought Hooker made a lot of plays. Didn't make a ton of bad plays. He got called for one penalty. But I thought Imani Hooker might be the best safety on the team. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that in a soft ASMR voice. Um, and maybe expand upon it later after I get more time in the film room. But anyways, uh, tighten up to Imani Hooker, who I thought played a good game. Um, Kyle Pecco, the Titans' run defense was better in this game. Lamar Jackson ran for 62 yards, but outside of that, I mean, the Titans gave up 139 yards on the ground, but 3.6 yards per carry. Lamar had 62 of those. So the Titans really, you know, I thought they did a pretty good. Gus Edwards had 2.6 yards per carry. I thought the Titans did an okay job in run defense. I thought Kyle Pecco and Jeffrey Simmons were pretty good up front. Uh, they had to stop uh, on short yardage a couple of times. Really good job there. Uh, also, Sean Murphy Bunting had the interception. I will continue to say, Sean Murphy Bunting has played well this year. Sean Murphy Bunting has been a hit as a free agent sign. He did give up one play on a seam to... Um, Mark Andrews, but it was in cover two invert and he had to come all the way over from the cornerback position uh, to get a quick inline seam. That's a tough play. Uh, so I thought Sean Murphy Bunting had a good game. The linebackers, Jack Gibbons and Aziz Alshire, I thought had a lot better game. Um, the Ravens were just able to throw the ball. 
You know, Lamar threw for 221 yards, kind of had his way, and then he scrambled as well. So the Ravens are just a better team. And that that's what it comes down to here. Oh, also, before we go, Ryan Stonehouse. Ryan Stonehouse. For him to get Devin Duvernay out of bounds, when Ryan Stonehouse turned around because Devin Duvernay was going past him, I thought there was no chance in the world that Stonehouse was going to be able to, to get him out of bounds. Stonehouse adjusted his angle, showed great athleticism, and went and made a play. So, shout out to Ryan Stonehouse. That was an incredible play that saved the Titans four points. Great job by Ryan Stonehouse. That is incredible effort. Great athleticism. All pro punter right there. All pro punter. But the, the real point here is there aren't enough tighten ups. There aren't enough game-changing players. There, aren't, there isn't enough talent on the team. And I come back to this. What the Titans need right now is a first-round offensive tackle, is a first-round corner... Corner, cornerback, is a first-round wide receiver. Isaiah Wilson, Caleb Farley, Traylon Burks. That's what this team needs. If they had a first-round offensive tackle, they would be much better as an offensive line with only having one offensive lineman, one offensive tackle to constantly worry about that you can just go help. And then that left tackle holds down his position and Skaronsky can then help Aaron Brewer more. And then a first-round wide receiver, like all the other first-round wide receivers, like uh, Garrett Wilson or Justin Jefferson or uh, Chris Olave, uh, I mean, even Drake London. Like, if the Titans just got a normal run-of-the-mill first-round wide receiver effort from Traylon Burks, this team now has a wide receiver that gets open, they can make big plays. Hopkins can be the number two wide receiver, take advantage of the second cornerback, sit down in the zones, use his craft. Like, everything is just out of out of position because the Titans don't have high-end talent. There aren't enough Titan-ups. And that's really what it comes down to. So, with that being said, I'm going to watch the film on this and figure out what we're going to talk about tomorrow. The quarterbacks, offensive line, going to keep diving into it. That's going to do it for me today, though, folks. As always, I'm your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.